good afternoon slash morning listeners, depending on what time zone you're listening to this in. Uh, I'm recording in the afternoon. Uh, Patrick is recording in the morning. So that's that's pretty neat. Um, this is yeah. the Under the Scope that's, podcast. That's... Yeah? Yeah? You have any comment on that? It'll, it'll never cease to amaze me how these time zones work. It is pretty weird how <laughs> arbitrary time is. But we're saving that for the existentialism podcast (laughs) um i'm i'm will brost i'm i'm your host uh and uh calling from a a house in california is patrick Mm -hmm. anderson you got that part right yeah not your house though not mine house sitting this week house sitting AKA, an actual undisclosed location. Right, an actual undisclosed location in California. I, I'm going to assume... It would be pretty shitty if I disclosed the location. <laughs> yeah, I'm at 127 Poplar Street in California. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My house is easy to get into. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so we, we got a lot to uh, discuss today. Um, you know, if you're reading the title of this podcast, we are going to get to bandana freddie gibbs and mad lib as we promised on the last podcast but that's the thing the last podcast (laughs) never got uploaded um because we went over our time limit and then we realized after the fact that we had a pretty strict time limit (laughs) of an hour and a half um and if we go over that we can't upload um and our last podcast it was an oversight exactly and over quite the oversight and i think both of us yeah. were like don't we have a time limit and we're like ah eh. because we went like <laughs> two hours like it wasn't just barely over um yeah we were 30 minutes over <laughs> it was pretty bad so we couldn't just like chop it off and be like well that's the podcast um it was one of our quarterly report podcasts uh we recapped some albums from quarter two of this year so April through June. Um, and we thought we would take the first, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so and just kind of briefly recap our thoughts uh, on this podcast before we get started on Bandana. If you're just here for Bandana talk, uh, feel free to skip forward until it's pretty obvious we're talking about that album. I don't know at what time we will be talking about that album, but alas. Um, does that sound good? Mm-hmm. All right, so... I mean, sounds good to me. That's good. Good. Okay. Well, that's that's really all that matters. <laughs> I signed it's... up for this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told you we would be we would be doing this. Um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna fake our reactions like we're just oh. hearing this for the first time too. <laughs> that's, that's right. I know what your opinions are on these albums. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a brief reminder: we have four albums that we we're going to talk about as a group, and then four individual recommendations. We're doing the easy breezy swift process this time so pretty condensed but we still have some things we wanted to recommend so that's why we're doing this that's the point of the podcast Mm -hmm. is to recommend new music to you um so let's get started i think the first one we talked about was uh confessions of a dangerous mind the new logic album uh for me personally Mm -hmm. it's just i mean there's not a lot about this album that's appealing i mean the production is pretty boring it's long the lyrics are pretty trash, and, and I know you have a specific gripe with some of the lyrics, and you can delve into that. I think what makes this even worse than just a bad rap record for me is that it's also bitter, and it comes from a negative like attitude, and it's just not even fun to listen to as a result of that. So it's a 2 out of 10 for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I called it a very dangerous album, and not like the title. A dangerous mind, like the <laughs> title suggests. <laughs> um, it's dangerous because the lyrics, like you said, they're they're not only like trash, but they're also uh, very hypocritical and kind of showcase that logic what tends to fetishize and capitalize on mental illness instead of actually being a supporter and somebody that is actually trying to help. There's very clear instances of it on, on this album and it's it's very harmful. Um, yeah, and then other than that, it's just not a not a good album, just as a whole. It's there's a lot of like I'm 14 and this is deep philosophy on it. There's, it's, and it's just, you know, a lot of griping and a lot of griping without any actual resolution. So, um, yeah, for me, it's uh, with all of the danger behind Logic's hypocrisy, it uh, boils it down to a 1 out of 10. That right. album. Yep. 1 out of 1.5 yeah. out of 10 combined. Uh, probably <laughs> pretty bad. I think it's your worst score to date and it's tied for my worst score to date. So uh mm-hmm. not recommending that. Our next one though, we are going to recommend. It's uh the new album from Denzel Curry titled Zoo. Uh to me, it's just it's it's clear that this isn't like the most artistic project in his catalog, but it's a solid 30 minutes of just bangers and aggression. Um, and it, it has this really nice throwback style to it that pays homage to a lot of Miami hip-hop of the early 2000s and late 90s. Um, Denzel Curry uh, is quickly becoming one of my favorite rappers. He keeps impressing me more and more with all of the work he does. Uh, Ricky, Carol Mart, Shake 88, Pat, these are like song of the year candidates for me as far as rap music goes. Um, 8 out of 10 for me, just incredibly solid throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I had very similar thoughts on it. I really did like what you said about the uh, the feeling of like the two thousands rap, which is something that hearing it now kind of shows a little bit of the influence that it actually has had on how hip hop sounds now. Um, so that was that was cool to see him bring us a, a style of hip hop was very very pan like across the board for a long time mm-hmm. and showcase like some of the actual artistry in it um and just the artistry and creating like bangers as a whole so yeah a very very solid project there's only one point where it just kind of drags in the middle um but really i mean it it just it it it's short and sweet so it pulls out very strong at the end and it's a yeah eight out of ten for me as well that's a combined eight out of ten. Oh yeah go ahead yeah just going to say one of the more solid, just straight up solid projects I've heard this year. Totally agreed. And I agree with the, uh, you know, the middle is a little lackluster at points. And to me, there's a lot of skits or like too many skits. Um, but yeah, just incredibly mm-hmm. well executed. Uh, the next one is not a rap album. It's uh, The National with I'm Easy to Find. Um, for me, uh, and I know we kind of differed on this one, uh, at least at the time. It has grown on me a little bit since our last discussion. Um, oh, interesting. For me, it's just, you know, the National have a sound, and while I appreciate that there are some changes, most notably the female guest singers that I really enjoy, uh, it's not too different enough from their previous discography uh, for me to be head over heels for it. 
At the time we discussed, I would have given this a 6 out of 10, but now I give it a 7 out of 10 because it has grown on me. And given that the National are mood music for me, uh, I have gotten in that mood since our last discussion. And when I'm in that mood, the National are, are very enjoyable to listen to. Um, they're just such a consistent band with undeniable musicianship. Uh, yeah, 7 out of 10. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my my opinion on it has uh, stayed the same. It's been pretty consistent across the board since I listened to it. Um, I you know I think it's it's a very emotional and an ambitious album, um, and it is intimidating looking at like the lengthy track listing and the lo- the length of the album itself because it's a national album, so there is some sameness in the sound. But this one turns out to be immersive and yeah. Very- very very like deeply urgent and emotional um it has some of their best songwriting i think i've heard from them i mean at, at certain points that they're they're matt berninger is a great songwriter across the board mm-hmm. so you can pick and choose like you know between between albums but this one just has great stuff i love the extensive female vocals from sharon vanette and kate stables mm-hmm. gail and dorsey they they provide a lot of support and perspective and just different different color to the album, whereas you might have gotten a very lengthy, drawn out, monotone Matt Berninger <laughs> just throughout the whole album. So that that those those features were used very very well. Um, yeah. So overall, I I really think that it's great has some great tracks rylan is still a contender for me like top 10 songs of the year at this point Mm -hmm. um overall i think that the intimidating intimidation factor that they have pans out better as um accomplished ambition for me um there uh, there is something to be said about the sameness but i think ultimately it's a very immersive and uh good project that I, I i come out very satisfied from so i'm still at an eight out of ten on that oh yeah i forgot you did give it an eight nice nice um mm-hmm. so that's a seven and a half from us uh the last one of our group discussions quote unquote was tyler the creator's igor um this record is just what is this record it's so many different styles mm-hmm. it's i can't say it's r&b i it, it's it's not hip-hop either it's not soul but it has a lot of that infused into this really raw rugged aesthetic there's some dance music in here it's it's only 39 minutes but it packs in so many ideas and more than anything i mean i do enjoy the music on here quite a bit but it's more just like i'm impressed with the amount of creativity he's shown on this project as well as just throughout his career but i feel like this is a culmination of just all of the untapped creative ideas that he's previously had all kind of combined into this experience. Um, I was at an eight, then he talked me up to a nine. I think I'm back down at like an eight, but like a high eight. Um, so that's that's where I'm going to say. Oh, okay. That. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I love this project still. From start to now, I, I love this. Yeah, I... I agree with you on that. It does feel like a culmination of like everything he's been building up towards has kind of come to a head at this point. But I think it shows also uh, an exciting future ahead of them that mm-hmm. there may be even more like abstract 
and strange projects that are that'll come out of him that you know if they're as good as this i'm super excited for so it's you know very surreal it's poignant you know things about insecurity rage there's so there's like cool just stark strange production on this um that helps solidify tyler's talent as a producer but then it also for me like the we've been seeing it across the board his his talent as a producer for for oh now this also shows ability to create just a distinct aesthetic and theme so it's showing that he's actually like not just a great producer but he's like really good at crafting uh, an idea um so yeah, I mean, there's are there are some obvious like Kanye influences that kind of shine a little throughout, and they bring me out a little bit at points. But like, it's not they're so the tracks are so good that it's not it's not a massive fault. Um, but yeah, this is a, a nine out of ten for me. Still, love it, this project. Yeah, it's just so fascinating to follow uh, to follow Tyler over the decade. Like 2011 was when he kind of got big with all the odd future stuff, and then after that. You know, Cherry Bomb, Flower Boy, Igor, he's had quite a, a ride. And I think when we eventually look back on his career, it's going to be one of the most, like, fascinating who the heck is this musician kind of things. Because he's just so all yeah. over the place, but it's just, it, he's maybe the most creative artist of the decade. I mean, he's top 10 or something. Um, he's incredible. I, w- I would agree with that. He's he's become much more fascinating over the past few years too. Right, right. Um, so yeah, shout out to Tyler the Creator. That's an eight and a half from us. Very strong recommendation on that album. Um, now we're gonna mm-hmm. go into our individual recommendations. Did you kind of want to alternate like we normally do? I guess same kind of thing. Or yeah, we can do that. That's fine. Okay. Well, the first record I was uh, gonna recommend is the self-titled Injury Reserve record. Um, what, what I love about this album is that it's the rare experimental hip-hop record that also has a ton of accessibility with it. It's a group that's having a lot of fun um, while also making a mu- music that is sometimes abrasive or I- uh, intentionally cheesy or has these interesting sort of song constructs behind them. Uh, Godspeed, You Black Emperor samples, you know, just weird stuff like that there's weird stuff all over this record um which ultimately kind of becomes a slight downside because it leads to an album that isn't entirely focused um but overall it's a really fun debut record um for me i really enjoyed their previous mixtapes as well uh if you're into hip-hop i hope you check it out because they have a little bit of something for everybody um eight out of ten for me on that nice yeah um okay yeah so my first recommendation was the new sun record uh life metal um yeah i i love this project um i was super excited about this um but and it and it matched up with expectations um it's just very heavy and dark but it has a lot more levity to it than a lot of other sun records might it's not as deeply like you know scary in certain points it's mostly just heavy um and slightly apocalyptic uh, well not even slightly the one the first song is actually about the apocalypse so it's not it's, it's it's pretty apocalyptic um overall though it's just a thematically very interesting fascinating project it has a lot of 
just heavy emotion to it, um, existential thematics to it. I I really really like this. It's something that is still very fascinating to me. Um, nine out of ten for me on that one. Nice. Is that like one of your favorite records mm-hmm. of the of the quarter? Like, I mean, would would you say that's your album of the year to this point, or just kind of up there? Or are you not wanting to say yet? It, it, it's definitely it's definitely up there. I don't know if I could say what my album of the year is yet, but it's definitely like mm-hmm. it would be like top three at this point. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'm giving. Yeah. I so plan on like, giving that one. It definitely is an argument. Yeah, because I only heard it a couple times, and I, you know, I think it's cool, but I wasn't totally just in the zone to listen to Sun at the time. Um, so I'm gonna listen to it again. And, yeah, you know, it's a, you, yeah, <laughs> like considering you have what to kind you of said, be ready to 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 know what you're getting into. Right, it is pretty uh, enthralling, or, or that's I don't know know if that's the right word, engulfing maybe. Um, it, it's pretty uh, overwhelming in, in a good way though. Um, yeah, so yeah. in a natural shift from Sun, uh, mine, my next one is the Power Pop record, uh, Young Enough, from Charlie Bliss. Uh, I love Charlie Bliss. Their first album, Guppy, was, I think, one of the best pop records of the decade. I still listen to that all the time. Um, what I love about that album is it's incredibly infectious, um, and it has this kind of undeniable energy behind it. Um, Eva Hendrix's vocals are polarizing. I love them, but uh, they are very high-pitched, chipmunky, pixie, you know, whatever word. They they are very um, high frequency. <laughs> so if mm-hmm. that turns you off, then this music might turn you off. But if you can accept that, then they make some of the most fun music out there, in my opinion. Um this album is their second album. Um, it strays from the kind of alternative rock grunge influence of their previous record. Now we're doing more synthesizers and other 80s sounds. Um, so while I do enjoy this new direction, and there's plenty of like great songs on here that I've, that I've played a ton, um, there is some sort of like compromising that happens with that. Uh, this record, I think, is incredibly overproduced at times, and I ultimately prefer the rawness of their first record. Um, but Young Enough is still good in its own right, uh, so it's getting a 7 out of 10. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, okay, I'll move on to my my next one. Is uh, the new Tim Hecker record. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it's a sequel to the to last last year's album Kanoyo um which I really liked made my top 50 around like 20 something I think can't remember exactly the number but it, I really really liked that record a lot and uh, this one is called Unnoyo and it has very sim. I have very similar feelings to this as I did to the last one the difference with this one and this one may even have a little edge on Konoyo for this is because of the minimalism and just bleakness of this record I find very fascinating. Um, this one is it has a sim- has the same kind of style of blending instruments from like feudal Japan um, in with synthesizers and modern modern instrumentation. So it gives an interesting blend of very very old um, and sort of like spiritual instrumentation with modern you know 
modern ambient style, normal Tim Hecker synthesizer. So that's an interesting thing in its own right. But this one has a lot more uh, just very kind of unsettling existential um, ideas in the instrumentation to it. And it's very bleak and minimal, and I really like that. Um, it's short and sweet and very concise, which is something else that might give it a slight edge for me above its uh, sister album. Mm. Um, yeah, very solid project. At this point, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Heck yeah. Tim, Tim heck yeah. How about that? That was a good, good yes. pun there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I should have said. Tim, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on from that one somehow. Uh, my moving next, on now. <laughs> my next one is natural transition. <laughs> it gets even more natural the more we bring it up too. That's, that's great. <laughs> um, slow tie with uh, nothing great about Britain is my next one. Just really great year for British hip hop so far. Um, Skepta, though he isn't my cup of tea, released an album that people liked. Uh, and he's obviously a pretty prominent British grime rapper, won the Mercury Prize, all that stuff. Um, Little Sims had a record earlier this year that I was a pretty big fan of as well, titled Grey Area. Um, and then this kind of new wave of British hip-hop for me, uh, I think my favorite record uh, in that scene right now is this Slow Tie record. It's political and it's personal. Um, there's a a ruggedness about this record and just kind of this... Um, he has that debut album energy with this. He's obviously still trying to prove that he belongs. Uh, it, it's, it's more, I mean, it's, it's not, how do I want to phrase this? It has as many bangers, like it has bangers, like you might expect a British rap album to have, but it's not entirely that there are moments of subtlety and, um, personality that shine through, um, it's a pretty well balanced album overall. I really appreciate the uh, political nature of this record. It it kind of feels in the spirit of a lot of British punk albums of the you know seventies and sixties and whatnot. Um, he's clearly very upset with the British government, with Brexit, Theresa May, all of that, um, and it's just kind of interesting as an American listener to hear his perspective on that and the shit slaps so it's an 8 out of 10 for me nice yeah. nice he's great uh, I'm, um, I'm really excited yeah. to hear what uh, you know he's gonna put out in the future he's a pretty exciting voice I think right now so yeah that was a really solid one for me too as well I, but it, it was hard for me to get into it first because I know like nothing really about grime mm -hmm. so it is a kind of a tough thing to like maybe similar even to what you were saying about you listening to sun for me like listening to right. crime is kind of like a it, it, it take it takes a little while to get used to but overall i was impressed by that one as well i would say that's fair yeah it's uh if you're familiar with grime and british hip-hop it'll be easier to get into but if not uh i'd recommend giving it a couple listens um but yeah nice uh this next one for me short and sweet recommendation very solid project um, this is the new pop record, Morbid Stuff. Mm, mm -hmm. um, I really I really like the tongue-in-cheek um, lyricism throughout this, um, paired with just very, very high-energy anthemic choruses. Um, and it's very tight and compact. All the way throughout, it is just a very solid record. doesn't have a lot to offer, 
Um, but it like I find myself going back to it and just enjoying it on a on a um, yeah just just enjoying it very comfortably um, quite a bit. So you know for me it's a it's a solid just eight point out of ten. <laughs> nice. No best new music. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. But it is a it, it's something that I would recommend to somebody. You know, just as like a solid like like accessible like oh yeah this is a, a good project so it is a fun record no doubt um mm-hmm. my last one is uh jamila woods with legacy legacy um <clears throat> i don't have a ton um i don't have a lot of descriptive things to say about this record it's incredibly well done well arranged well constructed it's clear a lot of thought went into this record um i think one of my biggest takeaways is i just love the overall legacy theme of this record um, she pays very beautiful homage to black icons of the past. Um, every track here is named for one of these icons, um, including uh, Muddy Waters and Zora Neale Hurston, uh, Basquiat. Uh, I mean, just every single track somehow pays tribute. Uh, My- Miles Davis is another one. Um, it's a very tasteful record in this regard. Um, but of course, you know, a concept can only go so far. The music has to be great as well. Uh, and what I love about the music is all of the variety and blend of influences it has from R&B, soul, pop, hip-hop a little bit, uh, funk music. Um, it's the kind of record that it it had this sort of air of importance as I was listening to it. It kind of felt bigger than the record itself. Um, I, I, I'm still trying to uh, convince myself on her voice. I, I think it's pleasant, but it's not my favorite R&B voice right now. Um, but this album has a ton of acclaim and I think for good reason. And for that, I'm giving it an eight out of 10. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah good, good. Just solid, uh, again, kind of project there. Very solid. Very solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, moving on to the last one and then we'll, we'll get into our actual review. Yep. Um, I'll make this quick. Last one for me is from flying Lotus. Mm. Um, this is less of a recommendation and more of a, I feel obligated to talk about my feelings about it. Yes. Um, I do, I do like this album, but it was kind of a disappointment for me because, you know, it wasn't, it's definitely not album of the year and flying list puts out an album that's not in contention for that. It is a disappointment (laughs) because that's just how good he is. Um, yeah, this album is a little bloated. It, it, it is interesting thematically but there's no real thing that i can pin down on it other than it's just kind of strange there's some really good features on here that i like a couple tracks that are really good um well not a couple there's quite a few because there's 27 so there's (laughs) there's quite a few in there but there's also quite a few that feel a little bit unnecessary um so it feels like he's painting the brush a little thin on this project um but overall it comes out to something that's not it's not bad but i wish it could have been better so it's a seven out of ten for me but not a bad album yeah i feel mostly similarly to you on that um it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty it's pretty bloated and it's not as focused as previous efforts but there's a handful of like really solid tracks in there so definitely worth listening to um if you're a flying lotus fan you've probably already listened to it but you know still all right yeah and we we did it yeah that was that was our quarter to 2019 recap um and we made our half hour whatever you want to call it 
kind of our, our deadline. Now, now we now we just have to make sure that we don't, don't go over again. <laughs> I'm going to end the podcast with uh, thank you for listening and see you next time. And it's going to be like one hour, 30 minutes and like 27 seconds or something like that. And we're going to have to redo both of them <laughs> They're like, on the, then the next podcast, we're doing 20 minutes of Q2, 20 minutes of bandana. And then our new, <laughs> just um, going to keep going from there. <laughs> it's just going to be, we're going to be recapping quarter two well after our quarter three podcast. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. So this one is uh, an album that, we originally considered doing for the quarter two podcast, but we kind of looked at each other and said like, Hey, let's just do our own podcast you know, cause this one, it was a pretty hyped record. Um, at least for me personally, it's my most anticipated record of the year. So I really wanted to talk about it. Um, it's, you know, it's the second collaborative album from Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in 2014, uh, they released Pinata uh, to pretty solid critical acclaim. Uh, it has a Metacritic of 82 out of 100. Uh, Pinata does. And the thing with that is it was a pretty pleasant surprise for many listeners because, you know, Freddie Gibbs had this kind of gangster street style of rapping um, that isn't the most obvious match for Mad Lib's famously eccentric production. Um, but mm-hmm. it got a lot of acclaim. Uh, it's one of my favorite hip-hop records of the decade, personally. And so five years later, we finally get the follow-up, Bandana, um, and it has even better acclaim. It has a Metacritic of 86 out of 100 right now. Um, A lot of people are calling this the best album of the year, but that's also just what happens when any new hip-hop record comes out. Um, so, (laughs) so yeah, that is true. (laughs) Yeah. Just, I say that and I'm like, well, it doesn't really mean anything. So, uh, (laughs) so, you know, what is it? Is it best album of the year? Best rap album of the year? Better than Pinata? It just okay? Objectively garbage? What do you think? It's one of those things. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) trying to think what I didn't say. No, I mean, it's, (laughs) yeah, exactly. No, it, this is, this is really fucking stellar. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 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 uh, was, I mean, I was excited for this just because I like Mad Lib. Yes. Um, Freddie Gibbs, I I know a bit about like I know Pinata, but I don't know him too much like too much of his music outside of that. I know about his persona and his delivery and you know who he is outside of rapping for Madlib. But this one, like they improved on it even more so, mm-hmm. um, and he gives I think even more of himself, like who Freddie Gibbs actually is of himself on this and vice versa madlib gives even more of his eccentric side and so Mm. but it ends up working because it showcases just how good madlib is as a producer to make freddie gibbs sound amazing and freddie gibbs is as a rapper that he can like you know bring his bring what he brings to these weird madlib beats and still retain this super aggressive like gangster rap mentality i'm very impressed by this this is a very deep um like deeply uh what am i trying to say there's a lot of stuff to dig out of this uh, album too which is very fun yeah i i'm glad you love it um because you know to the surprise of no one who knows my musical tastes i i too love this album um yeah i think i just wanted to i really wanted to state that i'm just thankful 
that for seemingly once, uh, I've built up an immense amount of hype for a record, and it actually delivered. Um, at this point, <laughs> I'm so used to like Arcade Fire and Gorillas coming out, <laughs> even LCD yeah. to an extent, just like. Even Flying Lotus this year. Even Flying, yeah, to, Flying to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, our what did we give the Vampire Weekend record? You know, like just so oh, much. Oh yeah, right. So many albums where I'm like, okay, I could get hyped, but I, I've like conditioned myself. I'm like, okay, you you can get hype if you want to, but there's also a part of you that understands that there's this is probably going to go wrong somehow, um, and this time it it didn't. Um, it lived up to my expectations, uh, which were incredibly high. Um, I don't know. It, it, I'm doing the, you know, at the end of the year, early next year, whatever, we'll be doing our top 50 of the decade or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm giving myself this parameter where I'm only going to pick one record from an artist just because I want more recommendations, right? I don't want like the top. Yeah. tend to be all Kendrick albums or whatever. You know, that's just not... It's not fun, and the point is to recommend music. So I'm picking one album per yeah. artist. And this yeah, is... Yeah, I'm on the same parameter. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, this this one's going to be tough because I I now have to decide whether Pinata or Bandana is, is more worthy of a top 50 placement. Because um, in, in many respects, this is an improvement on Pinata. Um... The first time around, it felt more like, here's some Mad Lib beats that he had, um, and here's Freddie Gibbs rapping over them, and it sounds great, and I love it. This is more like two artists who finally understand the other coming together, combining their skills, Mm -hmm. and kind of coming together as one. Um, Because now Freddie Gibbs is getting more used to the Mad Lib eccentricity and Mad Lib is kind of um, adjusting his production to the more trap street influence that Freddie Gibbs has on here. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's two artists meeting each other halfway in a, in a sense. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. Um, I guess a, a prime example of that would be uh, Half Man, Half Cocaine, where the first half of it is it's a trap beat and that's something madlib would not normally do i don't know if he's ever made a trap beat but he did because it makes sense with freddie gibbs and he did a pretty good job with it and freddie gibbs did a pretty good job of rapping over it um so kind of just my overall thoughts before we get into specifics is just that it's it's two artists that they've worked together in the past but now they finally understand each other and it the results are they're here and they're obviously pretty great um yeah yeah completely completely agree with that they they bring out the best in each other on on this one this keeps getting better and better and that's they're, the thing they're uh yeah that's a the the point of i meant to bring that up too um because i'm not freddie gibbs has a lot of material and i've listened to a decent chunk of it um but mad lib does bring the best out of him and similarly i'm always a Mad Lib fan, but for whatever reason, when he works with Freddie Gibbs, it's like that Mad Lib himself is also on another level. They do bring the best out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this kind of, it's almost competitive in a way to where like 
they're trying to outdo each other in a way, but it, it ultimately just comes out as like a great song or a great album. Um, yeah, I mean, both of us, I think, are much bigger fans of Mad Lib than Freddie Gibbs. I think that's fair to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mad Lib has had more, much more extensive career as well. So <laughs> that's also true. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like as a whole, I am, I am, Mad Lib is amazing. Yeah, he's one of my favorite hip hop artists, producers, you know, whatever, just hip hop people. Right, right. And I think maybe later on we might, or I'll want to get into a discussion of where Mad Lib fits kind of all time here. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as, you know, we haven't talked about any specific songs yet. Are there any that really jumped out to you or or didn't jump out to you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's a few. I mean, uh, crime pays is mm-hmm. like uh, just a just an amazing beat from mad lib incredible um it's uh, and that that is like the the biggest point of that one it's not the best freddy um verses on here i mean he does really well on it but that the beat on this is like just absolutely fantastic and it's exactly what i was like hoping for going into the album um Palm Olive mm-hmm. is great. It's super aggressive, um, very poignant. Very, it's it, there's very deep lyricism throughout. And the, again, production's great. Flat Tummy T mm. is fucking awesome. Oh really? Okay. I mean, I like that track too, but I didn't expect you to be like, I love Flat Tummy T. I don't know. I think it's pretty good, but yeah, no, I, I. Really, fucking like flat tummy t because I, I think it's one of the deepest tracks on this um i just like i, I, I just I, like I how you said all I, of the especially sorry i just like how you said I'm i sorry, love what? flat you said i love flat tummy t and i was gonna e- edit that out of the podcast and like <laughs> patrick loves flat tummy t and just put you as an endorsement on my latest like instagram <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah but, yeah then, then then next week we come in with a with an advertisement for we're brought to you by flat tummy t <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah go ahead that's what i'm bringing oh uh, yeah I, I like that song um, a lot how it's um it, it's like a very aggressive instrumental um to begin the song and freddie gibbs matches that and then as per many songs on here the beat switches unexpectedly the first time you're listening to it um to like this weird Mad Lib universe type of beat and Freddie seamlessly mm-hmm. transitions into that part of the song as well. They have this interesting chemistry on their beat switches that always seems like it works out pretty well. Um, so Flat Tummy T is an example of that. Yeah, no, I, and that's why I was saying I love this so much. I think that this one is a real showcase of um, Mad Lib and uh uh, Freddie Gibbs at both like doing their best with each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and because Freddie Gibbs on this track, just like the amount of depth in these lyrics is just ridiculous. Um, so it, you know, I I think that he really brought it as hard as he could, and then his delivery is just fantastic. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, that one I really really like. Situations is really cool. Um. Giannis, I like. I don't. I don't think I like it as much as I did at first. 
I think I'm in that boat um, too. But I do like it quite a bit. I think that, yeah, I think that Anderson Pack feature is really good. But it is. Um, it's not. It's not as. Uh, it's not as great as I think I thought it was right off the bat. <laughs> right. I think it's just because when I hear Anderson Pack, like right away, I'm like, yes. I guess because his voice is so. It offers so much to uh to whatever track he's on and then like you get into it and it's like sometimes it's like well okay it's actually like not as amazing as I thought. <laughs> yeah i mean for me with anderson pack it's like the last couple of records i wasn't huge on yeah. and so this is like my favorite verse he's done in a while <laughs> so um it, but that isn't to say it's like the best verse on the album or anything but i i really liked his performance on this song um what I what I like about Giannis is that uh, it this song is immediately very good. As soon as it starts, the pianos are coming in and Freddie Gibbs is already just killing it like two seconds yeah. into the song. Um, I love that. Just instantaneous. That's what I love about Freddie Gibbs. It's he's instantaneous, right? Like it it doesn't take you a few seconds to be like, hmm, why do people like this Freddie Gibbs guy? Like it's just yeah yeah right he's immediate mad lib isn't always immediate um and i think that makes for kind of a good combination um yeah i mean i like a lot of the same songs you do uh i think uh palm olive is uh, i agree with you that that's a standout um push a t's verse is maybe my favorite verse on the entire record <laughs> um which i hate to say given that mm. this is obviously a freddie gibbs album but i love yeah love the push a t it verse a, on here i mean it is fantastic it yeah is, and i've always i mean i didn't know i wanted this but push a t working with madlib um man that's just an incredible pairing um I will say with that song... If we can get a full project of that, I mean, shit. Right, yeah, right. Like, holy cow. I mean, this is like a Coke rapper's... Like, you have Freddie Gibbs and Pusha T and some, like, soulful Mad Lib production. Like, this is what you want if you're into that that Coke And Killer Mike as well. Yeah, Killer Mike. They're just one Raekwon feature short of, like, the all-time Coke record. Um, Yeah. (laughs) the, The two... There are two issues with this um and you might know where i'm going with both of these um would have liked a killer mike verse um his hook is very good yep um but man like his hook is so good that i would have liked to hear him kind of do a full verse rapping kind of like that and then uh it's it's important to actually you know mention this as long as we're talking about some things i don't like about freddie gibbs um this anti-vax lyric i'm sure you've probably picked up on that yeah, he says something to the extent of, like, fuck your poison, keep the vaccines off of us. Um, you know, for the most part on this record, I do like when Freddie Gibbs gets kind of, like, sociopolitical. Uh, there's a moment on Flat Tummy T where he talks about, like, white Jesus and all of this. And then there's other tracks mm-hmm. where he's talking about, you know, Trump a little bit here and there. And um, kind of the, the criminal, uh, what do you call it? like criminal justice you know just police brutality you know stuff stuff like that uh, yeah he, he mentions that yeah. here and there um but this this anti-vax stuff i cannot get behind um and it it yeah. it's a real sour spot on an otherwise very good song but but yeah yeah that as soon as i hear that too on a record and, and i'm just like oh, <laughs> right because it's like yeah it, it, it's it's something it's something similar to, to 
I mean, it's not to the same extent on this record, but that, like, saying stuff like that is hard because, uh, like the logic thing when yep. I was saying how uh, I was calling it, you know, dangerous. It's the fucking dangerous thing to say. People are listening to this, and you are a voice of reason on your album. Um, Freddie Gibbs is really fucking intelligent and mm-hmm. definitely really good at what he does. So he, you know, and he doesn't have as big of a following, I don't think, as Logic does. But, I mean, I would say to a more to a extent, people will listen to what he says um, if you're a fan of him because, you know, because he is a very intelligent and thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. So when I hear shit like that, it's just, it, you know, it makes it even harder because I'm like, oh, man, like, you right. know. Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's also a tough thing to because like speaking from a musical perspective it doesn't have much to do with it but from a, yeah from like a actual like realistic perspective i can't get behind somebody being like you know anti-vax <laughs> right like you know into the logic point i mean it's it's weird i almost wish this song sucked the way the logic song sucked because like i'll want to listen to palm olive again and again and i'll just have to keep hearing that one line the one line yeah. that I don't like. Yeah, that's like, a good point. And so I almost wish it was just the song sucked, but it can't suck because it's Mad Lib and it's Pusha T and Killer Mike. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is a good point because then you could just write it off as like, oh, that's the shitty song on there with the anti-vax line. Right, exactly. But but now it's like, okay, now I have to kind of suffer through that. Um, and he's yeah, not the it's only, one of the best yeah. tracks on the album. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. it's very good, and it and not that the internet is the. Uh, they don't speak for everybody, but I do appreciate that people on Genius and uh, like Reddit, for the most part, have been like, "This song's great, but you know, I hate that anti-vax stuff." So like, mm-hmm. the, hopefully, the general consensus is that. I hope there aren't people who kind of look up to Freddie Gibbs otherwise and just absorb that opinion from him because they like his music. Um, it it can be a little dangerous in that aspect, but uh, but yeah. Um, that, so that's my that's our thoughts on that. That had to be addressed. Uh, I couldn't not yeah. do this review without addressing that. Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you on that too. That was that was a sore spot. I was like, yeah. damn it, this is uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Could have made it all the way through. <laughs> it's like, oh dang it! I thought we were gonna be fully vaxxed here, um, yeah. but we're not. Uh, I like the song "Massage Seats" too. Um, even though there is yeah yeah there is a moment where he says something about like the climate change isn't real or something but i'm just kidding there's there's, yeah. there's none yeah. of that yeah he's, <laughs> he's like uh he's like uh watch that watch that flat earth documentary uh like <laughs> they make some compelling points every track on here has is one like, just, every track has one just moment one little <laughs> one slight line that's just like damn it dude, what are you talking about just in a sea of otherwise great lyrics like one moment where he just slips in some like some pseudoscience crap some conspiracy <laughs> shit <Yeah. laughs> Some Actually, like, I want an album of that. I, I do too. Gibbs album. <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> He's talking about some real stuff, and then he just slips in some like, "Well, where was JFK on 9/11?" You know, just some stuff yeah. like that. Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> massage seats. 
um, I wanted to mention that because I think it's my favorite song on the record. Um, partially for reasons I mentioned. Oh, okay. It's it's the case where I don't know if this song works on Pinata because I don't know if at that time Freddie Gibbs is comfortable enough to ride this beat, um, which is one of the weirdest mm. beats on the record, I think. Um, it's one of my favorite instrumentals on the album. Um, it has this great sample and everything, and it, it seems traditional, but the rhythm that goes with the beat is just slightly unorthodox, um, and Freddie Gibbs is usually on orthodox production. Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the perfect, like, hand-in-glove, like, that's the moment I, it really clicked for me where I'm like, okay, Freddie Gibbs gets Mad Lib now. Um, I will say there is a good point. There is a lyric on here that um, <laughs> it's nothing like the anti-vax, but it, it's kind of hilarious in its own right. Uh, he says, Golden State, the roster, my garage deep. Um, he's referring to how deep the Golden State Warriors basketball team is um, because they have a lot of great players. This lyric is already dated. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> they lost Kevin Durant. They lost DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, Clay Thompson tore his ACL. Uh, they lost Andre Iguodala. Like, five of the six, or, you know, four of the six best players <laughs> yeah. on that team are no longer, like, they're either injured or not on the team anymore. Um, and so it's just instantly dated, uh, which is just kind of funny to me. But otherwise, you know, it, it's just a, um, it's a great example of what I love about this record as a whole. Um, so that's why I, I like massage seats quite a bit. Yeah, he, he should have just waited on that lyric, like, just to see what was going to happen. It's like, in, free agency's coming up. Like, free agency is, like, yeah. early July. <laughs> we were this close. And you could have been, like, L.A. Clippers, my garage deep, like, a week later. Had you just waited, you know? Um, but, no, it's 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 very good. Um, or just, you could have done, like, 2016 Golden State, my garage deep. And that's just... <laughs> gone really specific, like... Yeah, right. the 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 Warriors with uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus that that's my garage. Yeah, that's that's Dude, how... this is why we should be we should be rappers. <laughs> yes, if it's yeah, I, I, it's great because people say that about us all the time. They say you guys should be rappers, yeah, and I, we're like, yeah, it's because you we keep our basketball on. references <laughs> current and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You should you should hop on that Mad Lib massage beats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. You sound like you could do that. Oh yeah, I could crush that. It's a very natural beat that I can put my finger on, and yeah. th that's the thing. Yeah. A, a lot of these beats I love, um, not only because they are just sonically great, but they do provide a good challenge for Freddie Gibbs. Um, freestyle shit and the second half of Fake Names, which is beautiful. Um, both of those mm, instrumentals, yeah. like, at least freestyle shit. I can't remember if Fake Names fully lacks drums, but freestyle shit does not have drums on it. So it's not giving Freddie Gibbs... Fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah, that's great. It, it, there's no beat, really. Like, freestyle shit is just, um, you know, there's some, like, brass instrumentation and a vocal sample, but he's just making his flow work on that somehow. Um, and it's it's very very impressive to me how freddie gibbs can do his thing no drums uh it's just yeah it, it's like madlib gave him a challenge and he's like can you do this and freddie gibbs is like yep i can do it and then he did it so 
Um, it's it's not yeah. only two artists bringing the best out of each other; they bring the best out of each other because they're kind of challenging each other to come with their A game, and that's that's what I love about this record too. Yeah, he has so much self confidence that you know he's just he's he can just do it. He can just do it, you know, whenever on yeah. on whatever when whatever. You're right. That that proves that proves that. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you want to talk about Madlib with me for a bit? Yeah, let's 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 for sure. Of yeah. course, I want to talk about because yeah, right. Because um, you know, as as mentioned, you know, I love Freddie Gibbs, or at least on these projects, I think he's pretty solid. Otherwise, um, but I'm I'm when I'm excited for a new Freddie Gibbs and Madlib record, it's mostly because of the Madlib component of that record and that's nothing mm-hmm. against Freddie Gibbs it's just my a lot of my musical taste has been formed because of Mad Lib's catalog and Mad Villainy is my favorite record of all time period um mm. so you kind of <clears throat> excuse me when we planned on doing this for the quarter two podcast you texted me and you I think you asked me something to the extent of like is Mad Lib the best producer of all time and I hadn't really mm-hmm. best hip hop producer of all time. You know, he's not Brian Eno or anything. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But that at that point, you, yeah, it's a very weird, weird, it's a weird. Like, oh, you got Madlib. Well, I got Eno. List to be you, making. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Eno versus Madlib. Who you got? Um, but now that that is a project I'd like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> just ambience. This is high art from Brian Eno and it's just soulful, like super strange production from Matt. <laughs> it beat switches into like another ambient. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, when you asked me that, I hadn't really considered like, is he my favorite hip hop producer? Cause for a while it was default DJ premiere when I first got into hip hop. And then uh, obviously, like Kanye got prominent, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this guy, Kanye. And my favorite instrumental record ever is probably Donuts. So I'm like, okay, well, Jay Dilla's up there too. Um, and I think it's right. those four that are in contention for, I don't want to say best because now I'm making it sound like it's an objective truth or something. Um, so when I say best, I really mean just my personal favorite. Um, but it's mostly at this point it's yeah. kind of Mad Lib versus Kanye for me. Uh, is Kanye your favorite? Would you say, or uh, that's just me spitballing? I don't know if uh, how you feel. Yeah, I, I I think that I'm pretty close to where you are on that thinking. I I think that Kanye edges out, but it's really just because of who he is and the mm-hmm. fact that like you know I mean his his influence is more widely obviously recognized in the music sphere and i think that that can't be discounted because of like the fact that like it's not only it's not only a widespread influence it's also extremely artistic and it's reshaped you know it's reshaped basically how everybody produces except for madlib because madlib is his own entity right right no that's that's yeah that's a really good point that's yeah that goes to show too on madlib's side just how like just how uh uh you know insular and focused of an artist and you know important he is as a producer 
Officer too, because he's had massive influence too. But most of his has been in the underground. And and that's the thing I was um, I was gonna say too is yeah, both artists are obviously very influential, and I would say Kanye is more influential. But just inherently, someone who's more influential in the mainstream is going to be more influential than someone who's very influential in the underground, just because that's kind of how yeah. that works. Um, but Madlib is very instrument yeah, uh, yeah. influential with his instrumentals. Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's how I tried to save that sentence when I was about to say Madlib is very Again, instrumental. Well, you gotta hop on. You gotta <laughs> hop on that massage beat. <laughs> you should actually put the beat. You, I can add music. I mean, it's only like stock music, like stock guitar or whatever. But if I can get that massage beats in the background yeah. as we're doing this right now <laughs> we'd be killing it um I th- oh yeah this is all on purpose <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can tell how we're flowing right now um yeah <laughs> I, I so i actually did kind of internalize this whole like okay well mad lib or kanye who do i have and there's obvious it's really hard to compare the two first off um mad lib uh, isn't as versatile as Kanye. Kanye's made, you know, he's produced College Dropout, 808s, Yeezus, Fantasy, Kids See Ghosts. Like, mm-hmm. all the versatility is there, and that's incredibly impressive. Madlib isn't as versatile, but he he has more of a signature sound, um, which I kind of like. I like hearing a beat and being able to tell, like, oh, that's a Mad Lib beat, um, which I yeah. can't necessarily do with Kanye. And I don't know if that's a fault or a criticism or praise or what. It's just that's a clear difference between the two in my head. Um, Kanye's production is responsible for some of my favorite hip-hop albums like Late Registration, Fantasy, Commons B record, which is incredibly underrated, mm-hmm. um, I think, from a historical standpoint, and especially when you're considering Kanye's production. B is incredible work. Um, I mean, Kanye's produced a ton of my favorite records. Madlib has produced Mad Villainy, Quasimodo's The Unseen, and Pinata, yeah, and now Bandana, which are also some of my favorite, you know, hip hop records ever. I mean, I don't want to put Bandana there yet, but it's going to be top five of the year for me, so, like, maybe. Um, I think ultimately, yeah. though, I not to rant too much longer, but what it kind of, kind of came down to me, you know, what it ultimately comes down to is um, am I more excited when I look at a track list and it says produced by Kanye West or am I more excited when it says produced by Madlib? And I think I'm more excited when it says produced by Madlib because he can when he's the one beat on an album, it's like the best song on the album, like most Def's auditorium. Like mm. that's the best song on that oh, record. Oh God. Love yeah. that beat. Uh, he was on Anderson Pax Malibu, the waters. And that's like one of my favorite songs yeah. on that whole thing on a record that I love just because of the beat. And, um, so I think, yeah, I think even even Life of Pablo, even Kanye's album. Yeah, right. On, yeah, on Kanye's album. No more album. parties. No more parties. Yeah. I mean, my two favorite beats on that are are famous, but mostly for the Sister Nancy sample and uh, and No More Parties in L.A., which is incredible, and it's clearly Madlib. Uh, so I think Madlib is my favorite hip hop producer of all time. Is ultimately where I'm landing. Um, so yeah. Yeah, th- I mean, those are very very good points. Thank you. 
on yeah yeah he he really does it, i think that the him and kanye argument it might be a little obvious but there is definitely like real there there is real uh comparisons to be made there because he's the flip side of kanye where he has they have they both have the the i think the same level of talent and you know just innate ideas about how to produce mm-hmm. but i think the difference with madlib is like he doesn't do he doesn't produce unless he doesn't put something out unless it's like fucking great right right and i think kanye kanye is more sporadic where he, he will just and that's where his influence comes from you yes. know where he will he will venture into territory that is you know like Jesus that is extremely polarizing so yeah I, that it's a i think i still edge out with kanye but mm-hmm. this is a this is a very it's a conversation that can be that can go on and on for sure yeah and you know obviously i wish dilla was still with us and still making music because he could be right up there too yeah um but it's just his discography is shorter um and then dj Premier yeah. is definitely one of the greatest but there is a a certain time and era of which dj Premier belongs yeah um which kind of hurts him a little bit uh but he has made i mean he yeah, was my I favorite producer that. for a long time um, but Madlib and Kanye have been doing this for like two decades now, you know, or pretty close to it. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that is a really, that's a really good point. And we've had this, these conversations about, you know, best producers for a while now too. And it's cause it is, it's weird. It's a, it's a hard hip hop producer, uh, conversation is a, it's a tricky one to navigate. Right, right. Because it's not, I mean, obviously DJ Premier is making different style of beats than Kanye is. Like, Yeah, exactly. And, and for me at least, <clears throat> once you have an opinion on something as the greatest ever, it's kind of hard to let that go. So it, it was kind of hard oh, for yeah. me to be like, shoot, maybe Kanye is my favorite producer. Because for a while, it was just, he was still young and I was listening to like Illmatic and you know all all that stuff um so yeah I don't know so I really wanted to it's sit also, down and... it's also <clears throat> yeah it's also hard with Kanye too if you're like oh Kanye is the best ever anytime you say that it's like it's hard to say it because anytime you say that it's always met with like some sort of skepticism you know like <laughs> <Right>. okay well <laughs> what how much do you actually know because <laughs> it you could be right but you know it's right he is who he is so anyway yeah anyway so yeah that's that's uh that's my kind of my thoughts on madlib and the other thing with this is apparently he made all of the beats on this album on his ipad now i don't know enough to know how impressive that is but it seems pretty impressive (laughs) yeah i mean that 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 definitely is seems extremely impressive too i mean i know that like modern technology has made it to where you can do that but i can't you know these beats are fucking great so <laughs> they are great <laughs> you know either way it's 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 impressive and i and i know that like that gimmick was made by the gorillas like a few years ago with one of their that's shitty right. mix tapes um, and, is it the fall yeah or is it that one yeah that's what it was oh, yeah that's right it was like a weird fucking marketing campaign for like garage band or something it was like the worst marketing campaign because everybody's like this album sucks and it came it came out like shortly after plastic beach i think too like not too long after that um 
So it was like Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I was like, I was still listening to Plastic Beach, but here comes this and I'm like, okay, just I forget about that now. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But now it, it, it influenced one of the best rap albums of the year, I guess, if you really want to make that argument. There we go. There's the influence <laughs> there's the influence of Gorillas <laughs> the Fall for you. <laughs> you know how great that album would have been? It been produced by Mad Lib? Man. Um maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um yeah, uh, um, just, I, I mean, more Mad Lib talk here, but just, I got what I wanted with Mad Lib, and that's just these great use of soul samples throughout the record. Um, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, the Crime Pays sample, uh, Walt Bars, uh, Free I actually looked all these up, that's how good these samples were. Uh, Free Spirits by Walt Barr, mm-hmm. incredible sample there. Um, I think my favorite sample on the whole record is a song we haven't talked about yet, but um, on practice, uh, he samples Donny Hathaway's Make It On Your Own. It's like the most yeah. gorgeous beat I've heard, like, not ever, but maybe, you know? <laughs> it, it is, yeah, it is a really fucking great beat, yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful. Um, is there, I mean, we've got about 20 minutes left, Um was there anything else you wanted to get to uh, before we began to transition to final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, just like how impressed I've also been just reading into Freddie Gibbs, like just mm-hmm. reading through the lyrics on this album and just and listening to his delivery and his flow and just his aggression mixed with like just his thoughtfulness like he's becoming i think one of the more fascinating characters in hip-hop um i don't know why i said characters he's a he's a real person <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're right though and you know we should we should talk about freddie gibbs because we've been kind of doing this mad lib circle jerk here um yeah. freddie gibbs yeah. <laughs> is a very good rapper it was to be expected it, absolutely he is he is a very good rapper you know you can't mm-hmm. just have some scrub attempt these beats um but his the one thing about him is his flow is always good his delivery is always good um i love his rapping voice i guess that kind of goes with the delivery thing um yeah yeah and i do appreciate the occasional introspection and political commentary when it doesn't discuss vaccines i think it's it's more balanced than I expected, but I think there is a little too much like, you know, Coke talk for me on this album. I wish it, it was a little more varied in its content. Um, that's kind of, I guess, maybe my main yeah. gripe with Freddie Gibbs on here. But a lot of these songs are like, hey, this is how I live and this is my day to day. And it's it kind of gets redundant on a lot of these songs. Um, but I don't know. Freddie Gibbs is. Very yeah, I could I could agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is that's a that's a you know a testament to the style of like the more yeah like like a street hip hop kind of where it's mostly talking about day to day living, right? Um, and I and I would agree with you on that because I get tired of that a little quickly. Um, but I think that the thing that he has that makes him be able to do that is you know the similar thing that makes push it to be able to talk about coke on every fucking track that he does <laughs> yeah right and it's just his delivery yeah yes. it's just his delivery that's like that is you know it, it just sells it and i and i don't get too tired of it at all right um, right 
Yeah, I do wish that there was more. Uh, like uh, you know, part of me is like like uh, with these kind of things, it's when you have such a stellar produced album, like yeah. lyrically, I'm always like, oh, I want my, my Kendrick levels of conceptualness right. here, right, right, but you know. It, but you know that way i can have a fucking masterpiece that i you know that, that for me but mm-hmm. i think that it this just does work in its own right because it's uh because of you know the just the balance of what these beats are versus what um just this like kind of monotonous everyday talk that freddie gibbs gives mm-hmm. um so it does work in its own right yeah, there is a selfish part of me that's like you know wanting more poetic meaning to certain stuff right no i i absolutely agree with you like he does what he does and he does it very well um i'm just kind of nitpicking to where if anyone's like well why don't you like this as much as mad villainy it's great mad lib and i'm like well the difference between freddie gibbs as a rapper and mf doom as a rapper for me like there's some so oh, yeah there's some slight drawbacks for me there um so in the, the I think the difference between Freddie Gibbs and Pusha T too, is you know while I enjoy Freddie Gibbs rapping a lot, um, Pusha T can make his verses a little less generic, um, in some cases because of his wordplay. Pusha T always has a bunch of yeah, like, that's a good point. There's like a lot of clever lyrics on a Pusha T record, right? Which there are some here as well. Um, a couple of them I pointed out or, you know, I kind of wrote down. Um, but I wish there was just more wordplay and maybe slight vary, a variation in the content. But he's great. When he says stuff like, um, shit's so real, gotta use fake names. I'm like, that's that's some hard shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I lo- like, I love when he just says some, like, hard street shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That just, just, that's great. Yeah, yeah it, it's... And it's old school feeling too. Where, yeah, yeah there, there's not stuff. There's not a lot of like lyrics, like just lines like that, or that are being said. And he says it so confidently and convincingly. Oh. He's just like, uh, "Sit your five dollar mm-hmm. ass down before I make change." Just like, okay, all right, I'll sit down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. It, <laughs> grown just like uh, like just just old school shit yeah right. some <laughs> like <laughs> some yeah. stank oh, face uh, stuff a negative though from from him that i want to yeah 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 mm-hmm. the, a negative that i want to talk about with with this uh mm-hmm. one track there is one track that i think probably could have been basically done away with Ooh, can i and that's goddamn. yep yep i uh oh, sorry sorry no 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 you're fine because that's that was what i was gonna guess it's the singing doesn't work for me uh on that yeah 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 um i think the the, the beat itself is decent right um you know and it, it but it, it i mean it's it's smooth but it's like it's it's not even like a great enough beat that it saves it and then yeah the singing just and it doesn't really go anywhere um the singing just kind of it, it takes me out of out of all of what was happening in the previous you know part of the album so I, i'm just it it feels very unnecessary right right it just seems like i don't know i think maybe he wanted to sing and so there's one song where he does actually he kind of sings on soul right too but i like that beat a lot more um mm-hmm. 
to your point, there are a couple beats on here that I think aren't up to the standard of the rest of the beats on this record. I don't know if that's intentional mm -hmm. in order to kind of set the stage for Freddie Gibbs. I think Situations is a good example of that, where it's a it's not a terrible beat, it's just understated, and it's a little more generic because of that. But the song, I think, serves as a Freddie Gibbs showcase, where he is just rapping his ass off the entire time. And it's some of my favorite Freddie yeah. Gibbs performance on the entire record. I mean, he's great on that song, but it's not one of my favorite songs, per se, because the beat is just that. It doesn't have that Mad Lib flair to it or anything. It's just a solid, you know, 808 and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that one, too. That that was what I did like about Situations, though, is because, you know, a lot of this album is Mad Lib showcasing Mad Lib. And Situations is like one of the one of the times that uh, Freddie Gibbs just goes off. And uh, yeah, it was that I thought that was really cool to hear absolutely yeah no uh yeah there there seems to be a pretty great balance between uh both of them uh, in, in that regard there's some mad lib showcases there's some freddie gibbs showcases um but it all kind of works so and that's kind of the overall mm -hmm. takeaway is there's there's some of this style there's some of that style but it all pretty much works in the end um mm -hmm. is there anything else uh before final thoughts i'm just kind of looking at my notes here Oh, the real quick, the stretch from just the entire stretch from half man, half cocaine, all the way to fake names. That's like one of the best stretches on any record this year. Um, it's just great yeah, song I after great song. Agree with that. Just yeah, yeah, just consistent. Right, right. And uh, the last thing I wanted to say: every beat switch works, and a couple of them are like, "Holy cow, this is so good." like fake names and half cocaine um that's pretty much all i had to say before final mm -hmm. thoughts is there yeah, anything yeah. else you wanted to get in there um i think my oh i wanted to mention my my some of my favorite uh, uh one of my i think my favorite actual feature on this is the black thought feature oh really education yeah uh, he's how consistent is yeah, black and, thought man like holy cow it's fucking great yeah he's yeah incredible. and i think it's just because I think it's just because like he just brings so much he brings so much presence and he's perfect on this album like he Black Thought feels like exactly what Freddie Gibbs ultimately wants to be mm -hmm. um, and and so like to to have him on this it was really really cool because I mean the verse is it, it it's just a fucking great Black Thought verse so but I, I think what made it like great for me is because it it showed this uh, almost mentor level of you know I don't know if he's his mentor but for me like this style is similar in a way so it it, it felt like you know <laughs> like a gold standard of what Freddie Gibbs wants to be I just thought it was cool um, but on this I don't know if this is actually another anti-vax lyric or not oh here we go wait Black Thought or Freddie Gibbs most. Oh, most de uh, Yasin most Bay, deaf. yeah, Yasin Bay. Yeah. I actually don't know what you're talking about, says, so hit me with it. <laughs> just at the end of his verse, she says, "Get free and stay sick." Oh, I'm not sure if that's. Yeah, oh. I'm not sure if that's that's anti-vax, but knowing, oh, God. <laughs> you know, knowing Yasin Bay's 
past. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. That's the I thing think. with all of that is they're like Nas is famously anti-vax. Like there's a lot of <laughs> anti-vax rappers out there. Um, but but yeah, I am gonna like, look this up. Please. I'm gonna see what the genius annotation has to say. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, there isn't an annotation. It's been driving me crazy. Really? There's no. Oh my gosh. How? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's because like, there wasn't annotation. Somebody answer this for me. <laughs> There's probably some guy who's like annotating it, and it's like, yeah, this is some bullshit anti-vax lyric. And then some fan is like continually removing the annotation, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, don't talk that. No. Yeah, you're right. There is no annotation. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that song though, I really like it, and I love the uh, yes. the break between each verses, each verse where Yasin Bey just does the education like that, uh, and I, then it just and it, the beat the beat moves away, and then it comes back in with uh, Black Thought and Freddie Gibbs just going right in. Always awesome. Always love, love the no hook. Anytime you don't do a hook, I'm usually a fan of that. Um, so that's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And good call on the bringing the beat in and out thing he does that on cataracts as well where he kind of like subdues the beat for a moment and then brings it back in full he's great at that the one thing i guess we haven't talked about in education is a good example uh the mixing's a little weird on that did you have any kind of issues with that at all on the, uh, on the record much. in general okay yeah there were some moments where i'm like I don't hate it, but it's like, oh, this mixing's kind of like lo-fi or weird or something. So yeah, that, I, I think that I think that it, it was easy to. I, I do know what you're talking about. It was like it's a little bit like um, it's a little. It's not. It, it's a little old schoolish kind of like uh, sterile in a way. Um, right. There's not. There's not as much. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, lo-fi is a is a good a good term to put onto it but i think that it worked out fine all the way throughout i, I kind of lost you know it, it didn't it didn't stand out too much for me at, towards the end of it right i i kind of had to i like, think it, i think it works with the style of you know freddie gibbs you know yasin bay black but all these right on here yeah i think i think it you know ultimately it's not too much of a nuisance for me and you know it sometimes i actually kind of enjoy it so yeah, uh, we got a, about 11 minutes left. Uh, I figured maybe we just go to final thoughts so we don't have to do a third podcast uh, for quarter two. <laughs> yeah, let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll, I guess I'll just go ahead and go because I'm talking right now and I may as well just kind of segue into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Yep. Uh, bandana is, you know, it's the – oh, I got to plug in my laptop so I don't lose you. Um, cause man, that would suck. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yep. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> it's, anyway, Bandana is the, uh, the follow-up to one of my favorite hip-hop records of the decade. Um, and in some ways, as you led our podcast with, uh, it's an improvement over Pinata in, in some aspects. Um, here, you know, Freddie Gibbs sounds more comfortable over eclectic Mad Lib production, and Madlib is more comfortable with uh, entering Freddie's comfort zone a little bit. Um, you know, whether Madlib is kind of creating these trap beats on Half Man, Half Cocaine, or uh, setting the foundation on situations, or whether Freddie Gibbs is rapping over massage beats or freestyle shit or fake names. Um, 
the two artists sound more like a proper duo this time around as opposed to just collaborators um some quick minor gripes here uh while freddie gibbs is a very good rapper uh he has his limitations when it comes to like wordplay and and content um and some slight mad lib gripes while he is my favorite hip-hop producer of all time as established um a couple beats are a little generic um that might be intentional but it's still not my favorite you know maybe it's intentional but that doesn't necessarily give it a pass yeah um so I just kind of wanted to get those minor complaints out of the way because I think this record is excellent and it is my favorite hip-hop record of the year to this point. Um, Freddie Gibbs has incredible flow on a variety of challenging instrumentals, including some without drums, some with really weird vocal samples, um, some beat switches. Uh, he can certainly rap his butt off and he proves it here. Um, I, I love just how he raps on most of this album, but situations and crime pays are kind of standouts to me. Love on crime pays how he, I don't know if I even mentioned this, but how he just kind of his second verse, he gets faster and faster as it goes. I love that. Um, Mad Lib mm-hmm. proves his greatness as well uh, with some of my favorite beats of his career. Uh, and there's a lot of versatility to these beats, you know, massage seats gives you this kind of esoteric WTF ness that I love about Mad Lib. Uh, Crime Pays is that classic, smooth hypnotism that has arguably become his signature. Uh, Flat Tummy T showcases his, like, raw, rugged Mm -hmm. side. Kind of reminded me of the song Real on Pinata, where it's like this really guttural production. Um, Practice and Fake Names are two of the most beautiful hip-hop instrumentals I've heard in a while. I could go on with Mad Lib, and I have gone on with Mad Lib, so sorry about that. Um... Combined, uh, they have great <laughs> chemistry. Uh, you know, this is mostly evident in some of the beat switches where Madlib provides these seamless transitions and Freddie Gibbs just doesn't miss a beat. Um, I can't say really enough nice things about this album despite like a lackluster track here and there. Um, so to me, Bandana is a solid 9 out of 10. Oh man, awesome. That's yeah, great. That 9. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty big solid um, okay how much time I got like five minutes yeah I mean we have eight minutes but I want to give a couple minutes just to say like goodbye and stuff yeah so yeah so yeah that's fine um, yeah I very good points on your end thank you um, I think the the I, I've you know I've agreed with you on all this stuff they they brought out the best of each other with this uh, album it's just just shows um so both of them have very distinct and and recognizable and consistent quality to their sound and they bring out the best in that i think a minor complaint for me with this is that um that style like that consistency that uniqueness and everything this is uh something with underground hip-hop as a whole too you know Mm. as as popular as these artists might be Mm -hmm. you know there's i'd still consider them within underground hip-hop because they're not you know Mm. logic thank god (laughs) um but uh what i'm gonna say is the uh the the thing with that is like that consistency is good sometimes it can get a little bit like um a a little bit one-dimensional 
Um, I don't think this album is one dimensional. I think it is very heavy and depth um, and in, in both production and lyricism. But I think that like the only complaint that I would have is that I would like to see a little bit more expansive. Um, mm. That is just selfishly, I would like a little bit more of an expansive like project, something that reaches out a little bit different, a little bit further into different areas but ultimately like listening through this I don't I taking it for what it is it's just stellar all the way throughout they accomplish everything that they're going for really well with the exception of like goddamn um the closing track to a certain extent too it's not it doesn't leave you with a you know a great feeling by the end of it but I do mm-hmm. I do like it um there isn't a track on here that's bad at least and the tracks that are good are actually great and the tracks that are great are goddamn near perfect mm-hmm. uh hip hop tracks um so really really like this album i think that for me yeah i would like to i i would like to have seen it be a little bit more expansive but for what it is it's fucking fantastic so Oh man, it's a hard score. I've been dancing around it like for the past week, mm. but I'll solidify it at a high eight out of ten. Ooh, okay, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I've been I've been dancing around the nine and eight like. It's like all... me on a Igor, I guess. Just kind of like I'm I'm almost there, yeah, but kinda. I'm not quite there. And you could talk me into being there, but I'm probably not there. So yeah, you almost got me there. You almost got me there today. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah maybe I, i'll get i'll get you next time um but yeah going forward though I, there is a lot to unpack with this so what i'm yes. saying is that this album could become something that's like you know a nine out of ten album in my book it's that fucking good so right there there are some lyrics and stuff i want to unpack like maybe he does have a point with the vaccines you know just stuff like that that i'm just been thinking about <laughs> yeah you know nine out of ten album there's something there <laughs> <laughs> honestly i don't think even if i loved everything else i don't think i could give this album a 10 just because of that one lyric like, <laughs> right yeah. that's like a ringing endorsement like, like yes he gets it <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's perfect everything is great about this <laughs> and that's why i gave wise blood the 10 is because seemingly pro vac you know like yeah. <laughs> no anti-vax to be found on that record um as far as we can tell yeah <laughs> right did you know andromeda is actually about <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's an eight and a half out of ten from us great podcast patrick thank you for doing this with me we got everything we needed we to get a- done on time you got it, a lot accomplished it's a, yeah it's a step up from our last podcast that you know, didn't happen. Um, it, it's that last podcast is out there with the cold play and schoolboy Q of the world where it just, it, we recorded it, but it didn't come to fruition. <laughs> just didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, consider it a lost tape and it's floating around. Yeah. It's floating around in this sphere. I'm sure our voices are recorded and they're out there, but well, we can't do anything with it. So there you go. That's our quarter two recap slash bandana podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.